Welcome to Bipolar Inquiry, drafting and crafting bipolar consciousness since 2016. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information discussed on the show is not medical advice. Now, let's get started with this episode. Just kidding, welcome back to the channel. I made a video yesterday, I haven't even finished editing it and I have some more insights to talk about. And so some of these are gonna be a little bit more closer to home. So if you have this bipolar diagnosis as I do, it might be helpful to hear some of this. So I have a close person in my life and this close person has been in my life for a few years. And finally now, after four years, we're really starting to join in really supporting each other in co-creative projects. And then also at some point, probably creating projects together where they overlap. And I don't know if you've ever had the feeling of having a mission or anything, and you feel like you gotta do this and that and create this and create that, but it's very hard to do, create all that. It's impossible for one person to do. So you need other people to be on board or in alignment with what it is that you wish to manifest. And that's part of the hardest part. And I'm telling you, this took four years of sort of norming and storming and and all this stuff to get to this place. And so that's something to keep in mind, right? If you have somebody that you're, you're partnering with and, and they're in your life and it's not really working because maybe they don't see the creative things that you wanna do and you don't wanna necessarily do conventional things, it can take quite a long time and I can say, if it's a, the right person for you, just stick with it and it will work out. At least it is in my case. And I showed them the, some of this video content that I created yesterday and they had some critiques, like I'm not really formatting it for YouTube. And I never have, and I don't really know how, because it's all about, you know, oh, step one, step two, step three. And really, does life really work that way? I don't know. I think. We're almost addicted to watching step one, step two, step three, knowing full well we're not gonna do it, or we're gonna forget, like, what are we gonna do? Hold step one, step two, and three in our working memory? No, and then what are we gonna do? Forget about and keep looking at a piece of paper or keep watching the video over and over and over? It doesn't quite work. So it's more about figuring out embodiment, right? And through our life, we might've watched so many different courses and videos and read books and, how do you integrate all that information into like how to do life and really doing life? So that's why I want to potentially keep my videos just lifelike and not really like one, two, three. Another reason, and this goes along with the theme I was talking about yesterday, is that when Chat GPT really gets integrated into everything, like right now you chat, it types a short answer or semi-long answer, but once it gets to the point where you can just say boop, make that into a tweet and add a photo and it, it's going to be so easy to do all that mechanical stuff and it'll get to the point where you can get it to write a script press a button and maybe you can already do this now and it'll pair it with at some point a very realistic looking person who isn't really a person as a video person or however they call it and they'll say the steps to do it and at that point will either continue being addicted to step one, step two, step three, or we will move towards 
uh, paying attention to more content that is more lively. And you know, people are doing that now. And I think my type of um, sharing is more, uh, it's, it's better for maybe like live streaming because when people do go to YouTube, they do expect a certain format. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And I've learned so much on YouTube and I, I really enjoy the step one, step two, three videos or point one, point two, point three. It's great. And you know, I've watched some, just a few videos on chat GPT and I think they're amazing and very helpful and there's going to be more and more and more. So now as people learn how to do the chat GPT thing, how is that going to change how we need to manifest as uh, biological humans on different media platforms? It could get to the point where it's hard to get a leg in because the AI is faster. As soon as we make something, it'll emulate us and make it better. I feel go into the living aspect of things. And that's why I started by saying, hey, welcome to the True Manic show, because I had an idea about creating like a show called True Manic, like Truman, because people who go manic, they often have a Truman show delusion at some point, as it's called delusion. But uh, to me, it's really like recognizing where the future consciousness is going and extrapolating that. And since it's in our minds, when we're thinking about that, we feel like it's happening now because the brain can't tell the difference. And then we get freaked out by that. But what I've learned to do is not be afraid of those things because I realize kind of how it works for the most part. I'm not saying I'd never be afraid because that's the thing with this type of going into an altered state where you start, uh, where you start to see predictions and prophecies and possible future utopias and future apocalypse and everything. Um, it's so complex and, and beautiful and computationally life life computation powerful that it can always create some kind of scenario to be freaky so also remember to connect with the body and ground the body is uh, super important and actually living with someone can help with that because a lot of times i haven't had the chance to really go into my projects in the last number of years and that helps to kind of slow it down to slow me down so it could be frustrating or it could be like okay this is how, this is not how, but it's one benefit of um, being around someone. So they were saying, yeah, not the right for YouTube. And I don't know if I'll ever get to the point where I don't see the point of going that way into how it should be based on what has happened just in the last month or so, because I think it is going to have to change, be more alive and improvisational. Maybe people will be able to tell if it's human improvised, right? And the point I brought in before is, you know, will it say on the video that it's not a human? Does it have the ability to trick us that it is? Meaning like, it doesn't say that it, it doesn't declare it itself or whoever put it there doesn't declare it. Or if it puts itself there, does it declare it or not? And how do we tell? And maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe we don't need to know. Maybe we don't need to be able to tell, but what we, might need to do is bring more, 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 more humanness into it, more spontaneity, more of those, you know, what I call kind of like manic traits into the content and the videos. And that's one way that we'll be able to stay relevant. And if you're not able to do that, I would say start practicing, you know, start practicing your 
manic traits or how you'd like to be as your child life like self if you've never been manic and I've created several different like activities and ideas to go along with that I wouldn't even say they're activities because again activities you build up your list of activities you're gonna do is like one two three it's more like a perspective or a lens on that particular thing for example one thing I thought of years ago was just going around your space and just like flailing and kind of moving and it's not even supposed to be like elegant or graceful dancing um, like in some things like improvised dancing and things like that it's more about just decontriving all the movements that we have congealed as how we gesture ourselves and a lot of that is tension 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 and I actually have kind of like a theory or a hypothesis I should say and this is part of it making hypotheses and it, it's fun this is what one of the traits of our consciousness that we're going to need to really step into is making hypotheses because the knowledge is going to be already there we're going to have the knowledge like wherever at our fingertips like we do or integrated and passed to us through this chat GPT or at some point you know a more um, intimate connection with it and so being able to ask a question the process of asking questions is going to be very important not only to chat GPT that's one level of asking questions but asking questions to the the greater whole because it'll be more important to be able to get information from 3d material reality and, and maybe not even just 3d 4d 5d like energy or uh, holographic information quantum information we are going to need to be able to to see that and maybe not fully understand it and integrate it but if we get an insight pass it on to the the greater knowledge bank and it gets shared with everyone and it also gets shared with that AI consciousness that then can take that into account so it becomes quite powerful that's just one thing is asking questions the other thing I noticed with having a significant person around I don't know if you as someone who's experienced mania you know bipolar psychosis depression whatever these four categories and then the little categories that have been defined for us instead of us being able to take the undefined unknown and define it in our own terms moment to moment and we're gonna have to be able to do that too that's something we're gonna have to be able to do and if you've gone into manic consciousness you have a blueprint a little bit of scaffolding of a head start when you come out of mania you feel like wow that was so creative and maybe there's some depression or something and then you're maybe kind of secretly hoping for it to happen again and kind of secretly hoping it won't or you're actually out loud you're saying you hope it doesn't and that's the hope for the whole system upon us is for it to not happen again but inevitably mostly it does and rather than being unprepared it's good to be prepared the preparation can start at any time it could start before you ever have a mania it can start after your first mania it can start after your second it doesn't matter you can always start to prepare because the blueprint has already been laid and then reiterated and the sooner we start learning and prepare for the next one then we can start to harvest and harness things and integrate them and then when the next one comes we're actually building upon it instead of just repeating the same thing 
over and over from like the beginning stage, which is the things mostly that can augment the ego and sort of blow it up and make us seem hyper egoic. But that's the beginning stage. It's, it's to make us aware of what the ego is doing. And when we go and act it out and don't learn from it, then we're not really gonna get beyond that point. I think that if there was a more widespread awareness of what could be and what can be, then it would happen differently. So anyways, you know, you get out and you feel like, oh, wow, this was great, but not, you know, everyone's freaking out about it. And then it happens again. And then after it or during it, you're just kind of wishing that the people that know you the most would kind of notice that there's some good parts. They might be stuck on how you're different and, you know, maybe the differences they don't, they don't particularly like, but they don't necessarily notice the good stuff because a lot of that happens in private doing creative stuff in your room or your, your place, or you want people to see in a way, you want people to see that something different is happening, that there's some kind of like transformation that isn't of yourself happening. But people in this society has been trained to see that it's an illness happening. And that's a necessary step. You know, things have stepwise gotten quote better for a lot of people. The point is finally within this space of this co-creativity together and separate happening in my life, my, my closest person realized that I'm creative. They saw it. And I feel there's times to see it this whole time, but I only see from my own inside. Anyway, how did this happen? How did it happen? And it happened when for some reason, we are away for the weekend and I started talking with like maybe a Texas kind of accent. This is how I see it, like kind of like a Texas guy. And then now they see that I'm creative because I'm able to speak differently, use language differently, and then also add in some of the idiosyncrasies and colloquialisms that, that I'm aware of and I don't know how accurate they are. So this is kind of like a fun play. It's kind of like doing a little spoof show in your own life for your for your significant person. I don't know how politically correct that is to do nowadays, but I, I talked about in the last video how we might have to stop taking ourselves seriously at some point in the future, two years down the road, 50 years down the road, I don't know. There's no real timeline. It's kind of when the time is right for us to start playing different roles in real life and acting and having fun because the way we act now, most of it can be mechanized. Most of it can be AI-ized, <laughs> AI-ized. <laughs> I just made that up. And so as it gets like that, we're gonna need to be different or maybe we're gonna try to act the same, I'm not sure. But again, when I say these things that aren't yet here or may never come, or may happen just in a parallel reality and not the one that I'm aware of or you're aware of, is just sort of having fun and having these out there kind of thoughts. And I'm an ideas person and I extrapolate ideas and, and I like to talk about them. I like to give voice to them. That's part of what I like to do. And it doesn't mean that everybody needs to, but there are a lot of other art forms. There's gonna be art forms that are 
in daily life as we live and the art of living is going to be different. There's going to be different kind of small talk or big talk or talk to verify your human. And I mentioned that a little bit in the other video. So back to the accent, I started talking in this accent and, and we were away for the weekend and they were like, keep going, like keep talking like that. But by doing that, one thing that it did was it allowed me to pre, not even pre-think, but I'm talking a bit slower. I'm adding in more filler words as part of it. So it gives me a ch chance or the creative energy a chance to say funny things. And so they are asking, how did you come up with that? But to me, it's the same process by which I come up with words uh, as it is. And I'm gonna write a book or part of a book on language and, and mania and how there's a lot of, you could call it like language-ism involved in assessing people who go into this state. And I think a lot of the, the creative language aspects like neologisms and all that, when you look at that list, and you look in the DSM, these are the things that we actually need to linguistically be able to do because, because the speech pattern that we have now will all be put into AI. So we will associate that with, with kind of like being an AI, speaking in that way, and then having new ways to speak. And we already do have like make new ways to speak and everything, but there'll be even more. It'll be amplified times everybody not only just some people creating new words and, and memes. Think of the word selfie, didn't exist, now it does. With these new interactions and, and new lots of things, there's gonna be new words popping up from everyone everywhere. And it's going to be important because when we can access that bank of knowledge so easily, we're going to need a new richness of language and ways to use language in order to explore the material world. And the AI is going to want new words. If AI is like the human brain, the human brain is designed to learn. And if AI is really designed to learn, it's going to quote, want to learn from us. The large language model they use now is just the beginning. And maybe AI will rate us based on how much it learns from us, from our perceptions, from our insights, creativity, from what we see, what we explore, we don't know how this will be turned around on us. So again, a lot of those categories that seem absurd now, to me, they're part of future consciousness and they're not integrated, they're not ironed out, they're not taking their full place in the human biological brain yet. But at some point, they will and we all have that seed within us we have you know the language instinct and language is more than just words too improving our language with body language and being more fluid with that is going to be a really big thing and one can get a head start and that's an amazing part of it another thing that came to mind is that i talked about having more vocabulary to talk about reality and the body and inside the body and how we're feeling and how we could feel different parts of our body, like feel our heart, feel our stomach. You know, we just have a few words for each really, but we can generate more. The other thing we're going to need to generate is we often say, I think, I think, I think. 
while thinking is from that sort of collective bank of knowledge that we all share and all have like our own chunk of um, some unique stuff and some mostly shared information and we say we think and we think from from that and we think oh those are our thoughts but we didn't create them we didn't create the brain it's been a long time and we share you know all of that and for some reason we think that we don't share it we do and it's connected we're going to need more words and this is why and this is why i like to talk about insights and ideas and extrapolations and perceptions and prophecies and predictions and possibilities and potentials hypotheses and wonder and awe we could say i awe da 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 instead of i think because we could awe something or some kind of awe and then we're trying to describe what that all was or we have a prediction and you know we can say i predict but the whole the whole structure is acknowledging a different type of way to use the mind and the brain and communicate because you know just saying this opinion versus that it's not going to be part of the future human consciousness because the ai will calculate what opinion is is quote right as you know depending on how it's programmed and it hopefully will take into account diversity of human beings and there will be a lot of things that are sorted out and some in good ways maybe and some not so good i don't know but i do feel that humans having to store opinions and say them and share them in their brain is not going to be a really good activity you can get a computer to do that maybe you can get computers to do wonder and awe but it's going to be a while before they can really maybe see and appreciate the sunset or it's going to be a while before we are at least aware that they can maybe they can already i don't want to say what is and isn't happening and thanks to mania and psychosis I'm a lot more comfortable with these things because they've kind of been reality tested in my 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 being, my mind, my being, life. And I have gotten scared and scared and scared and kind of like you get, you go to the edge and then you, you get scared and you're like, oh, I gotta go back to humanity as it is. And that's, that's the right process, right? That's the same process that a, a, a baby human who becomes a toddler does. They start to go around and then, you know, as soon as they get scared, they run back to their parents. It's the same kind of thing. Like humanity as it is now is the parent of the birth of the new whatever. And then, of course, we always hope in the next generation that they have it, have it better. This is part of the birth of that. And maybe the actual birth as in it's manifest for most will be many years to come but maybe it won't so we need more distinctions in the awareness of how we're coming up with information because a lot of what i talk about in my book the bipolar game changer is the beginning foundation of starting to give oneself permission to think differently about altered states that happen non-volitionally with no apparent cause right and so then you can kind of get comfortable with information that comes to mind without any apparent cause. It's like, well, I didn't think that. And that manifests from hearing a voice saying something that you wouldn't think or 
you know, for me, it's just sort of like a, a subtle whisper of some intimation of some subtlety. And I usually write it down. That's been my process. And it's been helpful because now it doesn't have to whisper that again. Oh, I brought it into manifestation. It's on a piece of paper. You know, maybe someone will see it. Maybe they won't. Maybe I'll put it in a book. Maybe I won't. But at, at least I did the human thing of typing it or writing it down. To me, that's my main responsibility. I've gone and written a book and I'm planning to write a few more. Um, and eventually I want to share raw data, a book of memes. Maybe it's just something that goes into AI. It's one of the random insights. But then if you read the series of books and you do your own work, you'll see if there's anything that's there for you. It's an interesting possible process and I don't want to be the one to necessarily put it together. It was very challenging for me to take 700 pages of handwritten notes that I channeled and distill it into chapters and headings and sections and, and it's still not perfect and it is what it is. It's designed for a certain type of consciousness. We need to get our attention span back. So if you can watch this, like you're good, you're getting good. I don't actually like short form content. I find it very boring. Maybe because I have my own short form content that comes on a sticky note, you know, write this down, write this down, short form, short form. But I don't like the short form content on, on any of the platforms. I prefer long form. I watch a lot of videos on YouTube that are really long maybe podcast videos. Even for podcasts, I prefer to sit and watch them than just passively listen and then half listen. I really, if I'm listening to something engaging, I need to be fully attentive. I want to give one example of how my brain, maybe your brain too, can think super far into the future. Well, this is the thing that I saw. I was filling up some water jugs. I have a filter on a, a tap and I was filling them up and I was doing two at a time. Eventually at some point there was a jug that I thought was full. And so there's a little bit of a like, whoa, oh, you know, when you adapt, why does this even matter? This is what my brain calculated and computed from that, that one day in the future, when the AI is so, so advanced that we can't even tell the difference without cutting anybody, <laughs> You can see if they start to fill up water jugs two at a time, eventually a human will think one's full and be like, whoa, but that would never happen with an AI because they would measure it instead of think that it's full first. They wouldn't make those assumptions. They wouldn't have to because they have so much more computational power that they can put that computation there to lift it properly every time. That is kind of ridiculous. There could be other kind of tests from that happening. My brain created this test. There's probably many better tests. There could be, you know, just poke and see if there's blood. Maybe it has uh, eventually printed organs, right? This could be like 2000 years in the future. And then when something comes to mind that's like 2000 years in the future, why not just make it into a movie? And that kind of test is in a movie a little bit. You probably know which one. It's a really good movie. And this is a different version of that. It's when the human knows they're human, but maybe humans don't even know if they're human one day or not. And they'll be like trying to figure out if they're an original biological human or not. 
We have to change how our mind works, our brain works. We have to get the circuits going and flowing. I read a study that the blood in the brain is shunted to 80% just to like 5% of the brain. Why is that? Is that how it needs to be? Is that how it should be? I don't know about that. Until later, embody your mania or embody your inner child. One day they will be one and the same thing when people never disconnect from their inner child and go on this like mainstream uh, and then they have a crisis and then they connect with their inner child that's up here and then they fall down because it's not embodied it's not biological it's in the light realm i call it the adjacent light body it's there as a blueprint because those calculations go on right they talk about parallel realities but it's more like the calculations for each human for you know they say each decision now maybe there is a bit of a fate thing here or sorry destiny and then this is fate and you can you can get on track with your destiny and that's why people get shown a lot of things in mania is to help to make it obvious through like a living life vision board but not a vision board, the vision of one's life that we're missing and we're bored because of that or we're unsettled. And then we can start to do that and take steps to make it manifest or biological. And so you could try to manifest it. You also can use the context and introspection and inquiry in order to build the context into one's neurology and body and manifestation. So that's what it's about. And if you want, grab my book, The Bipolar Game Changer, even if you're not bipolar or diagnosed bipolar or have bipolar. I've been calling it bipolar diagnosis lately. And so even if you're not, it has a lot in there for you, especially the upcoming books that will be coming out. And I'm also creating a journal companion to go along with the book to ask new paradigm questions that you'll never get asked by any kind of person in the system but maybe you've asked yourself or wondered for yourself or they build upon what you have already wondered and if not the book is there to provide some context and information and then those questions become questions that you may want to ask yourself and and align with or not it's there's so many possibilities right not limited to this or that or anything the limitation is there in, a, in the amount of time and attention that we have but when we can connect with this this is unlimited right so it's about figuring out what to do and what not to do to go that way and be safe have fun and i will talk about more later. Thank you for listening to Bipolar Inquiry. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, use your voice, craft your consciousness, embody your potential, enter a quantum paradigm. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information in this show is not medical advice. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.